Thank you for tuning in to Matter of Theology. This is going to be part one in a two-part episode looking at charismania. We went so long recording what we were hoping was going to be one episode, we had to turn it into two, and we still didn't get through everything that we wanted to cover. So this is part one. Uh, We hope that you will take what's said here, and you won't just take our word for it, but that you will go research some of these things for yourself. So we hope that this blesses you and it drives you to the scriptures and it drives you to get out and do some research for yourself on your own. Thank you and be blessed. This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. God, for the glory of his name, is reconciling and reclaiming all things to himself. He's just yearning for you. He's longing for you. He wants friendship and relationship with you. He needs you. Oh, you're breaking his heart. No, he's going to break you. We cannot stand before God in our sin. This like when you say, I, I just can't believe in a God that would, you realize it doesn't matter. You don't get to define God. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us some men who know the truth. I almost vomit every time I go into a Christian bookstore because the top 20 books are all about how you can get whatever you want from God whenever you want it if you rub his belly the right way. There's no repentance. There's no holiness. There's no vision of who God is, what God wants. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Matter of Theology. Thank you for tuning in. Um, it's all three of us here today, AG, Chris, Nick. Uh, we're the, the topic that we're discussing today is going to be the charismatic movement, charismania, type stuff. There's a lot of things that go into that. Mm-hmm. Now, from from the get-go, from the onset, we understand that everyone will define continuationism or charismatic or uh, cessationism. A lot of people define it differently, so we're not going to define it for you. Right. You have a definition? Okay, cool. Uh, we're, but what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about some of the dangerous things that we do see in ministry today. Um, especially with some of the more popular ministries. And uh, from the very beginning, I want to say that I've, I, I came out of a, of a vineyard movement, and, but a lot of my friends, a lot of my closest friends, are, they go to a vineyard church. That the pastor, my former pastor, love him, great man of God. Uh, I learned so much about him, just about being a husband, about being a leader in the family. Uh, one of my closest friends who I would consider my voice of reason, I guess, whenever, you, you know, I'm just not thinking clearly, I'll text him or something like that. He's a, a vineyard youth leader in Alabama, and I love him dearly. He's a, a, a brother in Christ. We have major differences, but we can, we're still brothers in Christ, and we still uh, go to God's word. We, we walk away fellowshipping. And, and loving one another. And something to be said about that is, you know, what we're also not saying is that 
that everybody involved in, in, in a ministry that may have uh, differences in open-handed theological issues, as, as we have talked about before, um, you know, the, the, those people are still, are still believers, and we, we affirm that. We would never mm-hmm. question that. And, and, and ultimately, we can't question any, anyone's salvation. That, mm-hmm. That's between them and the Lord. Um, you know, but we are called in Ma- Matthew 7 um, to, uh, uh, to take a look at fruits. Um, and, and just like A.G. said, you know, um, we're, we're going to be talking about that today. And, and why are we doing that? Mm. Um, is, uh, and then there are multiple places in Scripture um, that, that, uh, that we could go. Um, uh, the first, first place I'm going to take us today is, uh, is uh, 2 Timothy 3. Uh, but understand this. Uh, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be self-lovers, uh, so, I'm sorry, excuse me, lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, uh, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people." Uh, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins, and, and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of truth. Um, uh, Acts chapter 20 also talks about being on guard. Um, that that uh, you know, Paul said that I know, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. Um, and uh, he said in verse 29 of Acts 20, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Mm. Um, Titus 1, uh, just to keep going uh, in Scripture. Um, Titus 1, uh, we are, you know, uh, commanded uh, we must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that we may be able to give instruction and sound doctrine mm. and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there, there are many who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those uh, of the circumcision party. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. Mm-hmm. And then skipping down to verse 13, uh, this testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply so that they may be sound in faith. Please understand the goal uh, anytime that we're, uh, the, the goal is to expose false teachers, and you can always tell false teachers by number one, by their fruit, um, by who they produce and what they produce. Um, is is so that um, Lord willing, there would be repentance on their part, uh, and then they would come to a, a knowledge of the truth. So, so I think it's very important to say, and at the outset, this is going to be uh, a kind of an an overview of pneumatology, which is a study of the spirit. Um. How does the Spirit move? What is the role of the Holy Spirit? And, and I want to I just say a couple things about the Holy Spirit uh, at the outset here. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is not a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. Amen. A person that the Bible says can be grieved. Uh, a person that the Bible says can be quenched. And uh, the the aspects of the we're, the, the charismatic movement that we are going to talk about today, it is important to know from the beginning who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit's role is. And I want to just say 
the role of the Holy Spirit, first and foremost, is to point to Jesus. Amen. Thank you for saying that. The, the Holy Spirit points people to Jesus. He points unbelievers he regenerates unbelievers and points them to Jesus. He points believers to Jesus. When we uh, sin and we turn away from Jesus uh, to our own way, and we are convicted of that sin and we uh, uh, repent of that sin, the Holy Spirit turns us back around and points us back to Jesus. So um, I want to define that because the things that we say today, I want what's important that you funnel those things through that through that definition and through who the Holy Spirit is. If you start with the Holy Spirit and his main role is to point to Jesus, then it should be obvious where the falsehoods come in uh, because the charismatic movement is uh, really ends up being about. Uh, bringing attention to self uh, and 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 a personal and individualistic thing, where uh, that the Holy Spirit is not an individualistic person. He he is a selfless person that points to Jesus. Uh, and by the way, he's still equally God with Jesus and the Father. Right. Yeah. Well, he the Holy Spirit is God, and so think about that when we talk about some of these issues or if, you know, fire tunnels and glory clouds and these things like that. I mean, is we just ask yourself from a logical perspective, are those things, is God in those things? Is he doing that? Would he really do that? Would he really cause these things? And, uh, and I think, I think if, if you funnel it through, who the Holy Spirit is, it's pretty clear that some of these issues are, are um, we, can't, we can't attribute these things to the Holy Spirit, to the work of the Holy Spirit. That's right. yeah. I think that's important that, that you address that this is looking at it through pneumatology, because in each of these things, what people do is they invoke the Holy Spirit. That's right. Yeah. So, Which is invoking the, the name of God. The name of God, right. yeah. <laughs> I want to read. I'm going to read from Ephesians four really quickly, because I think it's I think it's important for us to. I think it's important for everyone to to understand what a spiritual gift is, yep. and what the spiritual gifts are used for. And Paul makes it very clear, starting in uh, verse nine. In saying he ascended. Uh, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. For the building up of the body. Until we attain to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, okay? So it is, there's a maturity that happens because of the gifts that we are given, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, and deceitful schemes. The role 
of the Holy Spirit and Jesus giving gifts to the body is to mature that body, is to grow that body up into a mature person. Multiple members, different gifts, all contributing, building that body up to maturity in Christ. That's right. That's that's what we're talking about when we're talking about spiritual gifts. They are selfless. Mm. They are meant for other people. They are meant to serve the body. They are not meant for selfish purposes, for individualistic re- reasons. Or manipulation. Or manipulation. That's not what spiritual gifts are for. Spiritual gifts clearly here are defined as gifts for the body to mature that body. So now if we want to talk about glory clouds and let's just we can funnel that through what I just read and we can find out whether find out whether rolling on the floor barking like a dog is maturing uh, maturing that body. Well, let's let's talk about glory clouds. Uh, this is a, a common practice uh, that you can find at Bethel Church in Redding, California. Um, and other places. And other places. Um, but but it's it's it's, it's as far as uh, uh, what let, let's explain what happens first of all uh, for those of you who may not have seen it. Um, and uh, so during a time of uh, quote unquote worship, um, what ends up happening is uh, that gold glitter uh, starts um, seemingly just appearing from nowhere. Um, and, and, and falls in the room, and people uh, just straight up lose their minds when it happens and start screaming and shouting and um, holding this glitter in the palm of their hands, and, uh, and, and they call it the, the glory of God um, been, that, that it has been manifest in a cloud of gold dust. Um, and let, let's, let's talk about what, what leads up to that. What leads up to that is um, music, certain types of music that are uh, designed to manipulate uh, the emotions. Manipulate emotions, where uh, probably phrases will be repeated often, uh, maybe in invoking the name of the spirit to to come and cover cover them to. Again, we're, they're invoking the name of God to 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 do this, um, and uh, and at that point, people are emotionally worked into uh, kind of this frenzy where they where they can be manipulated uh, to do and to say things uh, that maybe are not uh, in line with what the Bible says, and uh, and then that's where. That's at that point in time. That's when um, uh, gold dust will begin to appear, and uh, and and it just feeds into the emotion, uh, the emotional uh, uh, sense that is going on in the room. And 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 by the way, the the text that Chris read at the beginning, there's a common theme in all of them, and it's the truth. Yeah, it is is the truth of doctrine it's the truth of the bible and you can go back and listen to where theology matters in that episode but theology matters everywhere especially in christian worship yes 
That's why the songs are to be theologically sound. Because, I mean, in Romans 12, Paul starts off that chapter by saying we are to be transformed by the renewal of our minds. When we get worship music that plays on the emotions, causes people to really essentially leave their mind, Mm -hmm. and and you start thinking essentially through your emotions. Mm -hmm. It's reactionary. Mm -hmm. They're actually Um, told to take their minds out of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus spoke against that too. Jesus said, worship the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. Mind. You can't worship without using your mind. Everything flows through the mind. And if we're coming to worship, we are to worship through our mind. That's right. A, glor- a glory cloud is, is not something that's irregular. Uh, what, in, in average churches, Drew, I would like to ask you, uh, coming, out of a, coming out of a charismatic church, what about, this is a little bit, I think most Christians out there would say if glitter started falling from the ceiling, they would probably start, the red flag would probably go off. Yeah, absolutely. but uh, not maybe not so with something like speaking in tongues, right? So, so let me let me ask you, having come out of uh, out of a vineyard church uh, where that is common practice, what is it? What what does the charismatic movement say that it is? The glory cloud? No. Or the tongues? Yeah, I'm speaking in tongues. What what does what does the Bible s- say that speaking in tongues are? Because I think the charismatic movement and the Bible and what speaking in tongues are are, are not are, are not yeah. the same thing. That's right. Correct. So I, I just would like to hear yeah. for hear from you since so, you came out of that. So s- biblically speaking, tongues were actual languages. In the charismatic movement, tongues are really just gibberish pronunciations of baby talk. Mm. And one of the most distracting things that can happen, especially when you're in a time of worship through song, is for someone to blurt out uh, nonsense. Mm. Um, I know I can't tell you how many times I stood on stage trying to play guitar while someone just blurted out nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but people think that that is a some kind of spiritual language where th- they're having this direct connection prayer to God mm-hmm. that's really more holy than just using your regular words. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people have said, well, it's, it's the, the, the tongues of angels. Mm. Um, well, the only problem with that is Satan is a fallen angel mm-hmm. because they'll say, you know, Satan can't understand what you're saying if you're speaking in, in, in the tongues of angels. Well, yeah, he can because he's a fallen angel. Mm. No one knows the language of angels better than Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that movement, it is a... It's looked at as a good thing. Mm. Now, where I went, there's an understanding that not everyone speaks in tongues. Right. But there are places where you are not saved unless you manifest the gift of speaking in tongues, right. which is in contradiction to Paul in 1 Corinthians, mm-hmm. where he says not everyone speaks in tongues. Right. So, well, let me ask you this. <laughs> the passage that I read in Ephesians 4, how... 
how would how would uh, potentially a someone in that movement how would they answer to the question that I would have, which is how is this maturing the body to mature manhood in Christ? How is that gift working to do that? Well, they would say that you need to seek to do that. Mm-hmm. You need to be seeking out that gift. Because when you seek that, it's going to drive you to Scripture, and it's going to manifest itself when you start seeking after gifts. Because remember, Paul said you should eagerly desire the gifts. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you got to go uh, in prayer. You got to go to the Scriptures, and, and then it will grow you, and eventually it may manifest itself mm-hmm. if you know that gift is bestowed upon you. Okay, and that's a sign of maturity and coming into that. Okay, how does that benefit? other believers if no one around you understands what the heck you're saying yeah it it doesn't because one of the hang-ups i had and uh really it came through the way of words of knowledge Mm -hmm. is one of the things that kind of i started disassociating with is because i would see all these people doing all these things and I would ask, well, why am I not doing that? Mm. Am I not as holy as they are? Mm. What's what's wrong with me in my walk? Mm-hmm. Where where do I need to change? Am I not repentant mm-hmm. enough? Am mm-hmm. I not reading my scripture enough? Am mm-hmm. I not praying enough? Uh, what's the problem with me? Mm. Mm. Wow, and that and that seems that seems very connected to kind of like the word of faith movement too. Mm-hmm. It's like if you just ha- you just got to have enough faith, and you'll be given these gifts. You you got to desire the gifts enough, and, right. and and well, ultimately, isn't that uh, isn't that us trying to manipulate God in some way to give us a certain gift? Well, and that's yeah. what I was going to say is. Paul also tells us in 1 Corinthians 12 to be content in the individual gifts that we've been given. Yeah. So if you haven't been given that gift to tell someone to, to, to misinterpret using an improper hermeneutic uh, to telling people that they should desire uh, and, and seek after those gifts is, is, is saying that you're not content with the gifts that the Lord has already given you. That's right, yeah. So that, that goes against Paul's teaching elsewhere, um, which contradicts itself, which, which again, may, makes that makes that command that, uh, that that a person is giving you to go and earnestly desire, desire that gift. goes against Scripture. Now, one thing, so because of where I went, there was an understanding that not everyone had, say, the gift of tongues. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I did feel a little more at ease knowing, well, thinking, well, that's just not my gift. Um, but another part, once I started digging into Scripture, another part that kind of jumped out at me that I wasn't seeing happening was the interpretation of tongues. Mm. Because Paul says that if you speak in tongues in front of a congregation, and this was going on in front of a congregation, one guy would always, when, you know, when the spirit, you know, quote unquote spirit was moving really thick in the room, um, would stand up and he would blurt out gibberish. And uh, one thing I always noticed was there was no interpretation mm. of what he was saying, which mm. is in direct violation to Scripture. Mm. And, and, and it can't edify the body That's if, right. if, That's if, right. if That's no right. one knows what you're saying. Right. And let's, 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 I want to make a practical point here that, I, that, 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 that both of you have hit on, it, which is, and, and Chris brought it up, listen, <clears throat> if you are in Christ, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus, He has given you gifts. That's right. Yes. He, you have gifts to build up the body. That's and 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 here's the thing: be content 
with those gifts. Mm, that's right. Not, hey, listen, Paul, Paul tells us, hey, man, not many of you should be teachers, right? Hey, not everybody is going to be in the pulpit. Not everybody is going to be a youth pastor. Not everybody is going to be a, you know, the director of the women's ministry. Not everybody is going to be all of these things. But you, but, but it is clear in Scripture that you have gifts that can build up the body. And so I like Chris's point. I appreciate it very greatly. And I think that's practical for all people who are part of a local body and part of a, the body universal is Jesus has given you gifts, spiritual gifts, that the Spirit empowers you to do. And it may only, it may be, hey, it may be, uh, holding a baby on Sunday morning, and that's an important gift. Yes, Absolutely. because those because not everybody can do that. And yeah, and and those and the parents of that child are receiving the preached word, so that they can disciple that child as that as that child grows. That's an important gift. You are you are helping. You are part of the discipleship process. You are part of the discipleship process. So uh, I think that's a great, I think that's a point that we need to make, and, and, and Chris made it, and it's, uh, it's a good point that, that I think is practical for, for all of us uh, who, are, who are Christians and part of, part of a local body. But the Lord affirming us, if you guys heard that thunder right now, goodness gracious. And he spoke to them out of thunder yeah. in the sky. I mean, and, and I mean, going back to that passage in Corinthians, I mean, the, the Corinthian church, they were motivated by pride and selfish ambition. And that really, in the proper hermeneutic there, that is that whole section, if you read that correctly, is Paul kind of rebuking them for that and reminding them to be content in, yeah. the, in the gifts that the Lord yep. has given them. Yep. So, anyway. Yep. Moving on, mm. let's talk about uh, healings. Because mm. that's, a, that's a huge thing in churches now, people getting healed. Um, while I was at the Vineyard Church, I was a part of some, some times of prayer where people got healed. You know, where one of my friends had an issue with his back, and I remember putting my hand on his back, praying for him, and you could feel the muscles moving in his back. You, I mean, I, at one point, I looked down, and you could just see the movement underneath his shirt of the muscles, just, and it freaked me out. Uh, but I was just like, that's kind of amazing. But, uh, I mean, he ended up with his, his back heel no more because he, he worked night shift at UPS loading trucks. So he was lifting a lot of heavy boxes and working for FedEx. Mm -hmm. I know what that's like, mm -hmm. uh, that back pain. So, but his, his back was healed. But, and did but, it stay healed? That I don't know because I didn't hear much from him after that. But, but it was immediate. It, it, yes, it was immediate in that time when we were praying. Okay. Yes. All right, go ahead. Sorry. We'll well, get there. And, 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 I, and I, I, I want, let's, let's say this. Drew, we would not say that he has the gift of healing. Correct. Right. That's making it about him and something that he did rather than, rather than what God did. Okay? Because, listen, the truth of the matter is, is every person that's hearing this that's ever lived has gotten a cold or the flu or... A, you know, stomach bug or whatever it is. And eventually, 
you were healed of it. Mm-hmm. And, by, and God did that. God did that by His grace. God did that by His grace. Amen. He healed you. He healed, he healed, you know, me a few weeks ago when I was, you know, when I was sick. Okay? So, and, and let me say this, that those who have, that, that, that come with diseases and, and things of that nature that have to go to hospitals, it is by God's grace that we have doctors that are right. as knowledgeable That's as right. they are right. in order to, to, to bring about healing that way. It's still about God. Yes, absolutely. It, it's, it's all about God, and, and, and in, in, in the extreme uh, realms of the charismatic movement, people want to claim that they have the gift of healing, that they, that they, are, that they are a healer. And what that does is that usurps the power of God and puts it on that particular person, and that's where the problem lies. The problem doesn't lie if somebody gets healed. Praise God for that. The problem lies is if someone, uh, if someone is claiming that they have the ability to do it uh, rather than putting the emphasis on, hey, it might not happen I don't, I don't know if it's going to heal, right? I don't know if you're going to be healed. Rather than saying that you can heal and then going to whatever links you can to deceive or make it seem or appear as though you have healed that person uh, because God is not going to heal everybody. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it was, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, who it was. Well, and, and, and ultimately... Um and Drew and I, we, we were talking about this a, a little bit ago. Um, we, we do see miraculous healing through the Spirit's power, um, and, and that happens at regeneration and salvation. Mm-hmm. That that is um, uh, th- that that's where that happens. Um, now, the in the extreme charismatic movement, and Nick brings up the, a, a great point. It's always to draw attention to the person instead of giving all the glory uh, to the Lord. But but something we have to remember is the is this is um, and, and and these guys said it wonderfully. Whenever any, any of us get sick, the fact that that we are healed, uh, that we recover from that sickness, is a miracle. Um, it really is a work of God. It is by the grace of God and His sovereignty and His control. Um, but you know the the type of healings that you see in Scripture uh, with quadriplegics, you know, paralytics, amputees, people that have these huge physical handicaps. Um, whenever that healing did happen, there were a few things that you had to notice. Number one, it was immediate. Number two, it was permanent. Um, and it was always to draw and point towards the authority uh, and the glory of the Lord. Um, who is who is God? That's right. That's right. When it, that's it, right. It, it was not. He was not just a man empowered Correct. by the Spirit. Amen. Jesus was God, and He healed to reveal that He has the authority over sickness, over demons, over death and life. He has authority over all of those things because he's God. That's right. That's right. Say, say, say again, why did Jesus heal? Jesus healed to reveal the fact that he has authority over the spiritual realm, that he has authority over life and death, that he has authority over sickness and disease, all of the that he has authority over nature, because 
He created all of it. He, he, he's sovereign over all. He is God. Now, there is, there just came out, uh, and there's a whole series of videos by this guy. His name's Darren Wilson. He did Finger of God. He did the Holy, Holy Ghost movie. He, he came out with another movie called Finger of God 2. In this movie, there's a guy, I believe, I believe it's Daniel Colinda, where he says Jesus did not heal to show that he was God. He healed to show that we could heal. That gift ceased with Jesus giving authority to the apostles to further the gospel. They healed with the authority that Christ gave to them. And we see them towards the, towards like the latter part of, of Acts mm-hmm. not healing people That's anymore. right. Mm-hmm. That's, That's right. right. Who did Paul leave when he was sick? Uh, uh, Trophimus. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and what did Paul tell Timothy to do? Drink wine mm-hmm. for his stomach. So mm-hmm. if... Those miraculous, and, and, and again, the miraculous capital A apostolic gifts didn't cease. Why, why tell people that? Right. Why not cut and off now a that, part of and, your and, robe and, and send it and, to and them let, in the letter? Let's, let, let, let's mm-hmm. unpack this a little bit more um, before we move on, because one of the, one of the critiques that, that, um, that I, I've gotten recently is, well, man, who are you to put? You're saying that God can't do that? You're saying that, that, that God, you're putting God in a box by saying he can't do that. God puts his, himself in a box by, by his own By closing word. the canon by, by of scripture. Canon. scripture. Amen. Well, and, 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 and I, know we, I know we weren't getting, getting into this, but we're, we're, we're here. So, um, <clears throat> so when we talk about uh, continuationism and cessationism, we, 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 we have to define terms carefully. Uh, because um, it's we we just have we have to we have to define terms carefully, okay? Because um, no one, a cessationist, even the strongest cessationist, guys like Calvin and and, and guys great, you know, they would tell you that there God can do whatever He wants. That's right. God God can do whatever He wants. If 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 I if I were to pray over someone who was sick and they got healed, that's awesome. Praise God for that. That's not normative. Uh, if someone uh, is preaching the gospel in a different country, and that person who he's preaching to hears the gospel in their own language, praise God. Amen. He did yes. that, that's and right. he can do that. That's right. But it's not normative. It's the the those gifts were given to the to the apostles for the spread of the gospel in the early church. That's right, and that's it. And do those things exist? God can do whatever He wants. Well, but those things right. are not normative. And I'll the, say this too. I'll say this too. With those, uh, with those gifts, because there are a lot in the the extreme charismatic movement, um, you know, uh, Charles Charles Fox Parham, um, and then of course Peter Wagner have also have also said that these that these gifts have started up again, mm-hmm. um, and, and and I you know I'll, I'll say this and in, in echoing uh, a couple of uh, theologians from our day that are still uh, that are still doing amazing work for the Lord, why. If, if God is a God uh, who is infinitely holy and perfect 
And when you read in Scripture, He commands us to be holy as He is holy. He desires us to be sanctified, um, and He gives us the ability to do so. He tells us to put to death greed, sexual immorality, things of the flesh, and to set our minds on the things of heaven. So there's a command there that sanctification must take place, that holy living must take place. So my question, in echoing uh, guys that I've been studying uh, who have been faithful in, in, in ministry, um, are they perfect? Absolutely not. Do I agree with everything they say? Absolutely not. And um, But the question is this, if the Lord were going to start up those gifts again to establish a new apostolic reformation to take a a title of, of, of a current movement going on. Why on earth would he give it to people who are charlatans, liars, sexually immoral, lovers of money, and blasphemers? Now he let's, wouldn't. Let, let's take that point, and let's go to someone specific. Okay. Todd Bentley. Todd Bentley is a well-known charlatan. He is a friend of Bill Johnson, because Bill Johnson defended him when... Todd Bentley was removed from from ministry. Todd White is a friend of Todd Bentley, recently done speaking engagements with him. Todd Bentley, the, what was the revival? Lakeland, mm-hmm. Lakeland, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a, a quote-unquote revival in Lakeland, Florida. By the way, a revival is not a, just a thing that you just like put on. Yeah, That's amen. Right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, research the Great Awakening. That was yeah. a revival. There you go. But Todd Bentley, this revival, he was the, the main preacher, the main speaker. All, all these men who are, quote-unquote, uh, apostles today, Bill Johnson being one of them who went down there, uh, anointed Todd Bentley as an apostle. At the time of this revival, well, Todd, Todd Bentley was cheating on his wife with his secretary, assistant, something like that, who, who now he is married to and, and, and has kids with. So the quote you just read, or, or not read, but the, statement, the yeah. statement you just made, yeah. why would God give that kind of power for a ministry to someone who is actively cheating on his wife at the time of a so-called revival who is being anointed as an apostle, a current-day apostle. He wouldn't. Right. <clears throat> well, and one, one thing to say, just real quick, what we're not saying here, okay, and what we're not um, wanting to, to, to have come across here is that we're judging believers' sin and trying to say that, that someone should be sinless, um, you know, or, or you know, anything. I just, I just want to put that out there because I can almost hear it now. But we, we, but we are called to call Correct. brothers Correct. Who, or so-called brothers, people if that you claim profess, that they are a brother, we are to call absolutely. them to repent of their absolutely. sin. Absolutely, I mean, and, we, and we are. I, I'm just putting it out there in no way, shape, or form are we saying don't, don't seek after these people's teaching because they're sinners. Right. I, okay, right. we are all sinners. That's right. Um, made, made righteous by the by the imputed righteousness of Christ and that's being right. sanctified by Him. Just to put that out there. Right. But Nick, to Nick's point, that's right. We are all. We, if if someone professes to be a brother in Christ, um, then yeah, there needs to be. Especially if especially if they have if they are 
if they ha- if millions of people are under their sway, right? If millions of people are under their teaching or under their leadership, then they are to be called to account by other believers. And and, and let's just, let's there is no there are there is no office of prophet left. That's correct. There there are no there are no prophets. There, the, okay, let, we just got to. There is no one who is receiving new revelation from God. And let's just flesh out a little bit where that goes when you play that out. You now have a person that's been anointed as a prophet who is has millions of people under their teaching and now that now that person that w- they have authority that they have no business having. What if what if that person said he, we already have established that this guy Todd Bentley has uh, is is lacks moral discipline to say the least. Uh, he's unfaithful to his wife. He's married to uh, the woman that he cheated on his wife with. Well, what if he says, "Well, God told me that I'm supposed to leave that woman and go find myself a new wife." Or what if he goes to a person in the congregation that he leads, and he sa- he just goes to a woman and he says, "Hey, God told me that I need to impregnate you." Now, someone told me that one time. It was we were meeting to do a men's study, and me and this guy were just off to the side talking, and he was telling me about his marriage and things like that, and he straight up told me and one other guy. God told me to leave my wife. So he left his wife. No, he didn't. And now he's married to another woman. Me and my wife fight a lot. Mm-hmm. Or we bicker, you know. But that's one, we're newlyweds. We're still getting used to living with of each course. other. Um, but I know for a fact that because of the commitment that I made and the covenant I made before God and others through marriage vows, God would never tell me to leave my wife and break that covenant. We've read Ephesians 5 multiple times on this podcast. What if Jesus decided to leave you? What if Jesus committed, what if Jesus broke his covenant with us? Yep. And so, yeah. So so I go, I go back to, I go back to (coughs) my, my, my statement is, if the Lord, which, uh, you know, again, we're not putting God in a box, but God's not going to contradict his word. No. We have the very mind of God in Scripture. That's right. Uh, it's infallible. Too. It is inerrant. Um, and, and he's just, he's not going to do it. Um, and so uh, just the fact that guys like that are being anointed and hands laid on and said that he's a capital A apostle, mm-hmm. well, brother, you don't even meet the qualifications of an elder. So right. no, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you I might don't not even so. meet the, you might not even meet the uh, qualifications to be a member in a church. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, th- th- I mean, that go- would, if a regular church member did that, that's serious church you, discipline. That's right. right that's right. Well, okay. So continue to talk about healings and, and. What about Todd White? Well, well, well let's, sorry, let's, let's 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 talk about that apostleship one more time here because that's the reason why uh, there are pastors in this country that are worth seventy million dollars. Mm. Yep, yep. That's the reason why there are pastors in this country that have two airplanes, private jets, for the sake of ministry. It's because. They have been deemed 
that they are apostles. Whoever told them, whoever ordained them as this, I don't know, but they're manipulating people for gain. Chris read it at the beginning. He read it at the beginning of the podcast. They manipulate people for their own selfish gain. And, and, and I want to say this. A prophet, a small p prophet, the gift still exists. That's right. Okay? The office of prophet, capital P, does not exist. Drop the hammer, brother. But in, in, in this age, small p, the gift of prophet, does exist. And and what they do is they open the Bible Boom. and they preach the word. They proclaim from the Bible faithfully, thus says the Lord. And it you can't be a prophet unless you have your Bible open and reading from it. Well, let's let let, let let's talk about to you, and this is I think I mean uh, the qualifications for capital A apostleship. Number one, an apostle had to be a physical eyewitness of the resurrected Christ. Number two... Todd Bentley must be real old then. Oof. Number two, an apostle had to be personally appointed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And three, an apostle had to be able to authenticate his apostolic appointment with miraculous signs, which of course they say they do, mm-hmm. um, but if, if any one of those <laughs> isn't met, um, not with not not excluding the fact that in Scripture that office has ended. You mean I can't go online and fill out an application to be or an apostle? Or pay six hundred seventy-five dollars sure, sure, to sure the New probably. Apostolic Reformation and they'll label you an apostle? No. I'm sure. I'm sure you probably can. <laughs> Sorry, it has zero percent authority. Um, Sorry, buddy. It doesn't work like ordination, I and mean, you can't get ordained online, but. Well, it, so it's it's about the Bible. I mean, Amen. the author our authority comes from the scriptures. That's right. And and no there is no authority for us from God outside of the scriptures, okay? Uh, are there good resources outside of the scriptures? Of course there are. Absolutely. There are phenomenal resources. We encourage you to utilize those resources, commentaries. We absolutely but our final authority is going to be the Word of God. And if somebody comes to you or any of us and says, hey, I have a word from God, they better have their Bible open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to, otherwise I, I'm, they're going to say something that... And, and I had this conversation with somebody today. And, and, and I just... I personally, I receive no encouragement... Very little encouragement from someone who comes up to me and says, "I have a word for you." I I don't I don't receive where I see where I receive encouragement is if somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey man, I know what you're going through. Let's open up the Bibles together and let's read God's word together." Yeah. That's what fills my heart. Yeah. That's where I receive encouragement personally. I mean, that's just that's just a personal anecdote for me. I don't I. I appreciate someone coming up to me and encouraging me. I really do. But like if if you have a word of God from God for me, that if it's not coming from the Bible, that's not really helping me very much. That's not really making me feel better. And maybe it's not that's not that's not that's not encouraging me. My encouragement comes from hearing what God says from his word. That's right. 
that seems like a good place to stop for today. Join us next time when we pick it back up with part two, looking at charismania. Go and be blessed. (laughs) 